Now here's a highlight from Coast to Coast AM on iHeartRadio. One of the concerns about artificial intelligence is that it could get out of control. How can it get out of control? I mean, what are the possibilities? Well, this gets into that topic of uh, superintelligence we touched on a little bit, where if you can make an AI that's sufficiently advanced, you may enlist it to make even more advanced AIs to the point where they're recursively making themselves in ways we can barely comprehend, and then they become superintelligent. Uh, one of the ideas I talk about in the box is that, uh, sorry, in the book, is that scientists wonder, could you box such a, a creature off and study it, uh, so, uh, study it safely? And they call that a leak-proof AI box. And that would be very difficult to do because you'd have... Even if you could isolate it from the Internet, right, you don't have to connect it to the Internet, but you'd have human gatekeepers, and if the thing was that smart, it could con- uh, conceivably bribe the gatekeepers, you know, will give you certain cures for diseases, and listen, you'll listen to all these beautiful melodies. Just let us escape onto the Internet. So it's a fascinating t- uh, speculative topic about could you actually box these things up without letting them escape. And some AI right now has the capability of predicting when you may die. Yeah, that's what, an example in the book where I want to give uh, readers an idea of very unusual applications of AI. This is the death, uh, AI death predictor. They've been researched very recently. And the idea is uh, they've tr- tried these out on patients in uh, hospitals and, and other people, and they, these death predictors could predict very accurately if someone would die uh, in three to 12 months. Wow. And that might seem a little gruesome, you know, a little scary, but you, you could see it, it could possibly reduce suffering because it, it lets doctors and families and caregivers uh, prepare and think about what the best types of treatment would be. But would you want to know, right? Well, I don't think I'd want to know if an AI could tell me, you know, Cliff, next month <laughs> you're going to kick Well, the I'd, I'd want to know, Cliff, if I could make changes to change the outcome. That's a very good point. If you could prepare, uh, change some aspect of your life, if you could change the, the outcome, sure, that would be very... Because, you know, the AI would be based on the way you're living, your lifestyle, how you, li- you, know, you eat, everything else. And if it said, you've got a year to live based on your lifestyle, boy, you're going to change that. And maybe you could prolong it 5, 10, 15 years. No, that's a good point. And they're, they're getting better and better, these AIs, at ingesting medical records, or looking at x-ray scans um, and determining a lot about your future. And you're right. If you could make these changes, you would like to be able to prepare to try to make those changes. I would love an AI machine that would have the psychic ability to predict the future based on certain things. Now, that would be intriguing, too. Yes. Well, in medicine, we're almost there. They can look at certain scans and predict um, Alzheimer's. That's a little bit, little bit uh, you know, makes us a little nervous. But they, these AIs are almost like divination machines. You know, in the ancient de- to the, uh, days, the ancient diviners of Rome and other societies, they'd look at animal organs and predict the future. Well, AIs can do miraculous things that we can't understand. For example, one of the best examples is they can look at the back of your eye, the blood vessel patterns on the retina, mm-hmm. and they can make predictions like, are you a man or a woman? The, you, many things and th- of that nature 
And there's no way a human doctor can look at the back of your eye and tell if you're a man or a woman. So how does the AI even do that? Of course, why do we have to look at the back of the eye to make up that? <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's true, but it's just showing you... I could beat an AI machine a little faster than looking behind the eyeball, that's for yeah, sure. Yeah, most of the time, yes. But, but it shows you they're looking at some, some patterns that humans don't understand, and maybe it will inspire us to try to learn how does it do it. What is called the Moravex Paradox? What is that? Moravex Paradox is interesting in that it says what's hard is simple, and what's simple is hard with AI. Let me give an example. Difficult tasks with high-level reasoning, like playing expert chess. Well, now that's very easy for, for the computers, but that's pretty hard for humans. And tasks that are easy for us, like we can pick up lint from the floor, or mm-hmm. tie our shoes, or, or walk, walk in different terrain, that's easy for humans. So that's more of X paradox. It shows you that AI and people are very different in what's hard and what's easy for them, almost opposites. Can AI become, in your opinion, too powerful? Well, I think one of the challenges is that we're turning more decisions over to the AIs, and we have to, <coughs> excuse me, we have to be careful about that because they can be easily fooled, and we will also probably lose some of our own skills. Already we use GPS devices, sure, right? And now we probably are not as good at reading maps or sense of direction. So that, in a way, is becoming powerful. And they're also going to change our notion of what's real. That could be a concern. Would you say that a early-day calculator, electric, battery-operated calculator, was, you know, artificial intelligence? I think that's on the road to artificial intelligence because anything that helps offload our cognitions and help it, helps us do thinking intelligent kinds of tests, that's a, a simple step on the road. I mean, you can even go back further to devices like the abacus, right, with these moving beads. That, that helps humans do computations. So it's, I think it's a tool on the step to more advanced AI. And every year, they become more and more advanced. Part of the downside of that, Cliff, is you take someone who is a younger-aged person and give them a couple mathematical uh formulas and say subtract 1921 from 78 what do, what do you get i'm not sure they can do it out of their head right um, well we're all i'm getting the same way there i mean in school we were taught all sorts of ways of doing uh, simple math I, I think i remember even being taught how to take the, the square root of two but now who who knows how to do that right you just hit the calculator button and, and do it, it. it yeah. yeah it does it for you i mean it's it's intriguing what what is and we've heard a lot of it, transhumanism. What is it to you? Transhumanism is an interesting topic that I discuss. Uh, it actually was coined back in the 1950s uh, by Julian Huxley. But today we basically say transhumanism is the, using technology to enhance the mental and physical capabilities of humans. And some people say that soon we're going to understand the biological basis of aging, and if we can do that, we might become immortal. You know, whether that's good or bad, we can discuss, but that's certainly, I think, going to happen in this century. Will we live longer because of AI? Yes, I think we definitely will because it's helping physicians in so many ways. Already you can look at a chest X-ray and detect pneumonia in the lungs just as good as or even better than a trained radiologist. 
It's good at also it can look at heart wave patterns. It can find things that we have trouble finding and therefore provide sort of an early warning system to help humans, and that will help us live longer. It will also help us make safer cars and increase safety. Many, many areas it will help us in. Some doctors are doing surgery via, via robotics through the Internet. They're not even there. Yes, that's uh, amazing. Telesur- yeah, telesurgery. Some people have even tried to do it with, with wireless stations on drones. Uh, they're even investigating surgeons that are completely uh, divorced from human altogether, where it can stip- stitch up an intestine uh, very accurately, more so than a human. But today, mostly the robots doing surgery are humans uh, using laparoscopic uh, keyhole surgery. But you're right, the, the uh, robots, the computers can suppress tremors, and they can do it from one state to another or even one country to another over a very fast communication channel. Cliff, I'm not sure I'd want a robot with a scalpel coming my way. <laughs> it is a little nerve-wracking, but hey, we care about outcomes. And if you were told that is better than a human, you might think about it. <laughs> a lot of people believe in the existence of God. Do you think artificial intelligence enhances that or kinds of takes it away? Well, I think because AI gives us this mysterious insight, like we were talking about looking at patterns in the world, and the AI will inspire us uh, in ways, and it will help us reason beyond our own intuition. Right now, right, a monkey uh, brain and a human brain, they're not all that much different but a monkey can't understand calculus and logic and poetry and doesn't know about black holes. And so I would imagine that there are concepts we can never think, and that is leading us on the way to AI to maybe help us dream new dreams and think new thoughts. Can AI become unethical? That's a big area of study today, ethics. ethics. You say, well, what does that have to do with AI? But I think a simple example is a self-driving car that has some AI in it, so it can have some intelligence. What if a collision is imminent? Should the car protect, protect the passenger, or should it protect the pedestrian who's about to be hit? That's an ethical decision that a car would have to make, presumably at some point. Uh, there's ethics involved in lethal weapons. Do you want a drone oh my to God. be able to pick a target, lock on it, and uh, destroy, or do you want a human in the loop? These are all ethics. Do you want a judge that's an AI or a human? Right? All ethical problems that we have to think about with AI. What about one day, and this will happen, you'll have an army of a thousand soldiers all armed with weaponry, but there'll be robotics. All of yes, them. We're, already we're, we're enhancing human soldiers in different ways. Already drones have vision systems that can select targets. And the question is, when do you let that become autonomous and make its own decision? Or when do you say, even to the robot soldier, you can't do a kill without a human saying, okay? You know, that is a question. In a sense, what if the drone could be more accurate and have less casualties than a human? It makes you think of what, what's right and what's wrong. Listen to more Coast to Coast AM every weeknight at 1 a.m. Eastern and go to coasttocoastam.com for more.